You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Years ago, like, he's going to listen to this and hear this story. Well, no, he won't. But if he does, he's going to smack his forehead and go, God damn it, son. In fact, right now, he's probably turning white with fear, just wondering what I'm about to tell 12 people. Um, Okay, so when I was a kid, I got, uh, you know, I was like an angsty teenager and slept all the time and stayed up too late and snuck out of the house and did drugs and drank. And I was a lazy shiftless masturbating piece of shit you know i was a teenage boy and one day my dad comes into my room and he's like you know son you've been sleeping in a lot lately you feeling okay i was like yeah dad i'm fine just you know i'm just sleeping i'm just tired and he goes yeah you seem like you're tired a lot lately and i go yeah you know i'm just tired and he goes you know you might have mono and i go i don't i don't think i had i don't think i have mono dad and he's like he's like you know back when i was in the service i kissed the wrong whore in thailand and got a bad case of it myself oh god <laughs> and i just went well dad i don't think i've been making out with any thai prostitutes so i i think i'm okay and he goes all right hope you feel better the wrong whore <laughs> so they were right whores good talk yeah 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 welcome to episode 67 of the motherfucking podcast this is the official podcast of the international power rock combo motherfucking ruckus from denver and chicago respectively i'm aaron howell your host and i'm here and very happy to see my pal gordo here say what's up to the people gordo hello and uh man we got a great show for you we took another week off the summer is stupid it's like hot christmas you know everybody's got it's the hot holidays the hotter days, if you will. It's like half Christmas. It's the time of year when like everybody, like, you know, around Christmas time, everybody's too busy to do anything and you can't get shit done. It's like the same thing, but it's 100 degrees outside all the time. Yeah. There's a solstice involved. The, I also heard that Mercury was in retrograde. Uh, uh, yeah, Uranus is Yeah, in we had to blame everything on that. Yeah, no, that's a good, I like, I like having a good escape clause. Um... Yeah, any time that I don't have a, a, a reasonable explanation for anything, saying that, that Mercury did it. His goddamn winged shoes. Um, no, this is this is a great episode. I uh, Man, we've got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Some shows that went on recently, some fun things. But most of the show is going to go to talking with my good friend, my old dear friend and i don't mean that in like the like god don't start with the old old talk my old old ancient aging old elderly friend no my uh my friend of many years and uh someone who has supported the band a great deal and someone who has supported me personally a great deal and someone whom i have made 
strides to offer support and have been cheering by the sidelines for for many years. Um, you know, we both get a great amount of enjoyment out of watching the other succeed. Uh, please welcome to the show, good friend, Kate. It now this is another thing. First question: How do you pronounce your last name? It's Innes. It's Innes. Why is that hard for people? See, yeah. I thought it was Ines for the longest yeah. time. It's Innes. Yep. See, I've been wrong I all get these Ines, years. Ines. I, yeah. yeah, Innes. Okay. Yeah, please it. welcome to the show. Yeah, that, that just shows how good of friends we are. I thought very first question was like, how do you say that? Well, I always just had you in my phone as Kate Blackouts. Yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah, and then your your company was always Rocket Space. I think I'm Space. in a lot of people's phones that it's way. Kate Blackouts, yeah. yeah. Or Rocket Space Kate. Or Rocket Space Kate. Yeah, exactly. So please welcome to the program uh, Kate Innes. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So to give a little background on on who you are and what you do, uh, first of all, when I met you, it was through the Blackouts, which has been your band now for how long? Ooh, 11 years, something 11 like that. 11 years. Yeah. Okay, so we've known each other a very, very long, long time. Long time. Yeah. So, man, that's a long-ass time. 11 years. That's cool, man. And then in the last five years, is it five years or is it longer even than that? How long ago did Rocket Space Rocket start? Space? Yeah, this is our... Eighth year, so seven and a half. Holy crap. Yeah. So seven seven and a half going on eight years as the uh, founder and proprietor and uh, chief- Babysitter of. Babysitter yeah. of and chief bottle washer of Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, who you'll hear us mention in every episode of the podcast. Yes. Love it. Yeah. We, uh, we made you a sponsor whether you were- Aware of it Actually or not. Actually giving anything or not. I'm free. Well, I'm coasting. But you have done so much for us. You know what I mean? You've always you've always taken care of us in terms of rooms and and equipment. And Rocket Space has been to a home to us for so many years. And we felt, based on the, the reciprocal exchange, that it was worth it to list you as a sponsor. Plus, it makes us sound like we have sponsors, which is important. You do. In kind. Yeah, yeah. So... Let's talk, um, man. I want to get. I want to get right into it. All I know, so I've only known you the last eleven years of your life. So we'll start with my birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start with the birth. No, um, (laughs) I I kind of want to learn a little bit more of the time before we met because that is like that's complete darkness to me. Mm. I just knew you. When the blackouts started going, and fourth year was playing shows with the blackouts, mm-hmm. and there were the five of you at the time. Five of you at the time. We started as six girls. You started in as the band. six. It was a lot of girls. Who all was in the band back uh, in the very beginning? Darcy. We had a couple of Jens. Jen McCrory, who you know, right? Um, the other Jen, Gelvin, who's in Fabulous Boogie Knots. Oh, yeah. I didn't know she was in the blackouts. She used to be in the blackouts. She was one of the founding members. What did she play? Uh, she was singing and playing bass. Oh, okay. So what? So then, what was the instrumentation when you had six people in? The oh, band? it's changed like probably a dozen times. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, like happens. But I yeah. mean, when you, you had six people in the in the band, what was the arrangement? Uh, let's see: two guitars, two singers, a bass player, and drums. Okay, that's what it was. You yeah. had two singers. I like two singer bands. I think that shit's cool. It was a little weird. Yeah. They would have sing offs at practice to try to establish their dominance. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see? Um, uh, uh, Dead Temple. Did you ever see Dead Temple play? Yes. They yeah. had three singers. They had three singers. and They, they were had, great. Jade was in there. Yeah, she, Jade. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, yeah. yeah, all those girls, man. That was names. cool. 
Olivia. Olivia and Nadia. Yeah. Nadia. Yep. No, that was that was a cool band, man. Um, so yeah, and and the Clusterfucks used to do the um, used to do the dual vocal thing. Like it used to be the the male female back and forth vocal, and now I guess it, you know it's just Josh Finley singing. But I remember those days, and I always mm-hmm. thought I always thought that was a very cool thing. So what? Because now the the Blackouts were pretty much your first band, weren't they? They were definitely my first band, and I didn't have my first band until I was thirty six, and thought I was too old for it. Right, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Is is that's the story that I think is so fucking cool? Is you didn't even play guitar more than just in a in in a casual way. Until, I couldn't get through a song. Yeah, like when did you start playing guitar? Well, I started in college. Learned a bunch of Slayer songs, stuff like that. <laughs> and cool. then right tried on. out for a Slayer tribute band. Did not get the gig. Right. It sucked. Well, it didn't suck to not get the gig. It it just sucked to suck at guitar. Yeah. yeah. And then I didn't really pick it back up for many years. Tried to figure out how to play me and Bobby McGee or something. Because you, well, so during that time, between mm-hmm. college and, and age 36, like, you had a family. You got married mm-hmm. and had a family and, yeah. and did... Did the whole thing like you did the did whole the whole start nuclear to f- family thing? Yeah, 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 I was working a corporate job. What were you doing? I was doing technical program management. What is technical program it's management? Ex- exciting as it sounds, by seven forty-five a.m., I'd be in my cubicle with a headset on, um, coordinating global uh, software engineer calls with the sales stuff. Now, is that what your is that what your educational background was in? Yes. So sadly. what 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 is your what's your degree in? Um, I have an undergrad in psychology, and then I have my master's in some kind of executive information technology. No way. Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. Okay, so then I guess the question is, Have were you a lifelong rock and roll fan, up to and including the point when you started to try taking a crack at guitar? Or was that even something that was kind of that that came about later on, like in your college years? Yeah, I would say I was definitely dormant during the kid having years, but I was always a person that went to all the concerts in high school. Okay. And bought all the albums, all the cassette tapes. Okay. And, and then, then you kind of you kind of walked away from that. When dated you did all the, the musicians. Thing. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. Did that whole thing, and then realized, hey, there's no reason I can't play guitar. I kind of want to. Right. And then it turned into, well, what if I put a band together just of some, you know, other friends right didn't really start out being you know let's make an all-girl rock band yeah so what what would you say was the um the inciting event that led you to that led you and the other girls to forming the blackouts because that's kind of a common story with the rest of the girls too Mm -hmm. is they were pretty much everyone in the black everyone in the blackouts was female Mm -hmm. for starters so it's it's an all-girl band and it is when you guys started out it was all over 30 right it was all like women. Yeah, who, still. Yeah, it, well, I, always. Yeah, we've had a lot of members, but they've all fit. You know, female and of a certain age. Right, right. Women of a certain <laughs> age. Is yes. that what the old saying is? Um, so, yeah, the catalyst was really. What I, brought all you guys together? I spoke the thought out loud to my then husband, um, Paul, and then he overnight put a Craigslist together on my behalf, unbeknownst to me. I woke up on really? say a Tuesday morning to go to my corporate job in my khaki pants and he's put together this Craigslist with a picture of Joan Jett saying forming all girl rock band. That's so cool. And then people start coming out of the woodwork. 
That's so cool. I didn't. So you weren't awesome. like. It wasn't like you guys met together in the scene. Like literally, Paul was just like, "It's like, yes, that's a great idea. Here you go." I'll, yeah, here's I'll, how you start a band. Yeah, you I'll I'll do the make it happen. That's so cool. Now, are yeah. you are you playing guitar at this point regularly, or it's still sitting on the shelf? I've got a guitar that he's given me, and I'm trying to pick out some you know some chords, some songs to right. actually string together to play a song from start to finish. Now. Did you get any wing nuts that responded to the Craigslist ad? Um, no, but some extremely boring people. <laughs> like extremely boring in what way? Well, at first we kind of fished through. So Jen from the Fabulous Boogie Nelson, I know each other through a babysitting co-op. Okay. And so we sort of knew each other from the suburbs. So then we kind of found our Denver people, our, you know, people that listen to metal when they're kids, people that know punk music, people that listen to hard rock. Right, right, right. That know the songs. Now, are you starting to go Instead to shows again at this point? Instead of the people that want to do the Pat Benatar covers. Right. Oh, so that's what you're talking about with the boring people. Yeah, so not that they were boring, life-sucking people, but their their musical tastes were. Right. You had you had a lot of people that were like, were like yeah, let's start a, let's start a fun yeah, little Pat Benatar. Yeah, let's do a tune. Right. Okay. No, I totally get that. So during the time that you're doing the family thing, before the Craigslist ad goes out. Are you going to shows? Nope. Are you are you wearing black rock and roll shirts and and listening like to metal and hard rock at home? Or are you are you like putting on this like mom identity? I had the mom identity, but I still listened to that stuff, but I wasn't going to the shows except for some national acts that came through. I think a lot of people probably everywhere in this nation are just people that go to the national concerts right. and don't know that there's this whole scene of local music. Right. Out they there. don't know anything about they it. They don't know right. where to go. They don't know to go to Three Kings. I remember example. seeing that a lot at Three Kings. And this is this is one reason where I am critical of the criticism of places like the Punch Bowl going into the neighborhood is what you would see is is as soon as Punch Bowl came up and as soon as a, a different crowd started showing up on Broadway Every once in a while, you would see some kids on a 21, you know, 21st birthday bar crawl or a bachelorette party or people from the suburbs that had no experience like that. And they would go into places like High Dive and Three Kings and they would start to see the bands and be like, what is this? You know, we get we get those people at our shows once in a while where people have you ever had somebody come up to you at a show and go so is this just what you do professionally like is this mm -hmm. your day job All the time. it's like <laughs> they think it's a living <laughs> oh, right. no does that ever yeah, happen to actually, you Gordo? yeah yeah i'm in uh, 10 bands right now yeah and, uh, yeah this is just a side project and i make a hundred dollars a week off of 10 <laughs> bands yeah uh, that, that'd be 90 before for me. expenses Th yeah right one th one thing that's interesting about um because i did i did jazz in the park this weekend and uh, one thing that's really interesting about the jazz scene is any gig I do in the jazz scene, I always get paid for it, no matter what. It's not a lot, but it's like that's kind of like just how that world works. It's like we don't even book the show unless everybody gets 50 to 100 bucks. Now it's a bunch of, you know, I'm the youngest guy in the band and I'm pushing 40. So it's, you know, we can't do a ton of shows. It's not a living, but it is interesting to be like, hey, all right, I got a few bucks in my pocket. Get That's you that nice. Huggies money. Yeah, get that Huggies money, baby. Dude, we're still, we're still going through uh, all the baby shower stuff. Like, we still have a closet full of fucking That's diapers. That's great. You man. got a deep bench. Oh, yeah, man. We, right. we got a deep diaper bench, man. And even the ones that, like, we didn't go through because he's growing so quickly, we were able to, like, take in in exchange for other stuff. So we're like 
we're still going through the fucking stash, man. People came through for us. Anyway, uh, so, okay, so... I guess I, I guess the question that I that I wanting to ask next is like, how soon was it before you guys were were starting to play gigs? How how soon was it before you were really like getting cohesive jams going on and having rehearsals and things like that? Well, thanks to Darcy, who is a force of nature. Love Darcy. She was trying to push us out of the basement nest a little too soon. Oh, but immediately. She was able to get gigs. She would go out and say, "Hey, we're an all girl female." Um, rock band you right. need to have us on stage right now she she can talk anyone into mm. anything like I when I worked with her at um, at the one up when she was mm-hmm. when she was the bar manager at the one up she just walked right in the door and like pretty much convinced them that like yeah you need me as your bar manager mm-hmm. and was, I remember that she got me a job there too yep tons of musicians yeah yeah thanks to Darcy yeah yeah she I Actually, was it was recommended to me by one of my coworkers at the time that I not tell anyone about my bar experience because I I shared what my actual bar experience was when I got the one up, and he was like I wouldn't go around telling people that because at the time I had worked at the Rockaway less than a year. And oh, the Rockaway! Yeah, I, I was at that place, dude. That was my first bar gig. You know, I started out doing the door. And then they had me bar backing and I cleaned enough toilets and put up with enough shit that they started giving me bar shifts pretty fast. But by the time I went to the one up, I had not paid my dues at all. And it was amazing. To Tony me. was there, too. Yeah, Tony was there. Yeah, he was a he was a bar back. We were both there for a bit. And Darcy just went around and started hiring all her friends up. And uh, that that one bar job like really legitimized me and galvanized me as a bartender because it was mm-hmm. it was working the high volume Lodo gigs and not only that it demystified the whole fucking thing for me you know if you look at a bartender from the other side of the bar it can be like wow how do they manage all that stuff and all those drinks what and, is this magic yeah yep. what god they I could never do that and then you do it and you go Oh, they're just alcoholics and addicts with bad tempers who are just really good at pouring liquids in glasses and taking money out of people's hands. Like to see it demystified was like, oh, I can do this. And having no like formal education, I can still do music and still make a living off of it. Mm -hmm. So what did now here's a question. What did you because now you own Rocket Space. That's your full time job. Like like managing the business that is like. Like, you barely even have time to do the band. Like, the main thing is yeah. is keeping Rocket Space. And contrary to people thinking music music could be my whole life as a, you know, a player in a band, when people say, oh, Rocket Space, is this like a side gig for you? No, it takes That's all the full-time gig. Of my attention. It, yeah. it, it's, it's a real it's business. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a ton. Um, and I want to I talk about the origins of that because I have, I have a guess as to, as to where it came from. But all I right, want to... Let me have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? So, the... Um, when you go to, like, Southern California, like, places like Southern California or New York or these these larger markets, you see a lot more of the hourly furnished studios. So was that something that you came across just by chance, or is it something that you came up with the idea and then actively went and researched it? I think I knew those places existed, but I hadn't ever been to one. right. But what was happening was that Denver was already getting a little bit tougher to find spots, and we were practicing in my basement 
Right. And there were cats, and Allie would break out. Allie's our singer. She would break out in hives every week. We practice on Tuesday. By the weekend, she's probably like healing enough to come back on Tuesday and because get hives Because she's that allergic to cats. Because she's allergic to cats. She's fine. She's a soldier. She's like, it's cool. Wow. But eventually it became, we need to find somewhere, somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. And then finding somewhere else, which seemed like it should have been easy, but we actually had a spot called Jam Space USA. Okay. Up at what I think is a car auction house. I'm going to say it's like 63rd and Federal there, give or take. Okay. And it was something like 20 an hour. And I remember doing that math. I call it musician math Mm -hmm. where you think, okay, there are five of us, say, or six or four, however many. We're going to split three hours once or twice a week at this rate. And I remember thinking that doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's too much. Mm -hmm. That's that's kind of the same way we decided that my van getting wrecked was the best thing that could have happened to us because mm. I, I, I got in this wreck and then um, I met John Caseta from uh, Seventh Circle. He's in that band Alamatha, but he he rents and uh, now he's actually a, a coach driver like he drives bands like he's he drives tour buses now for a living. But um, he rents a van out to bands. He like, does. Yes, he does. And it's awesome. And the way that basically i if you have a note on a van you would have to play 20 shows a month in order to make it worth owning the van as opposed to renting it from this guy you know what i mean right and we're not playing 20 yeah. shows a month so having a van was a complete waste of time you know what i mean so yeah going and playing paying 20 bucks an hour for mm-hmm. a little a closet essentially isn't mm-hmm. isn't worth it we used to do um years ago they had colorado music did you ever check that place out in your research or electronica electronica i know about because yeah. a lot of my bands had used to practice there like the pollution used to oh, yeah 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 those guys did like electronica was kind of a a sketchy messy place and um it, yeah, and, and there was and, that place that was under the arc on East Colfax somewhere, and Shanda from the Swanks. I think all her her guitar burned up. There was a fire there. What? There's lots of weird places where bad things happen, like black mold. And what would you say has been the greatest challenge of owning a hourly rehearsal studio? Ooh, um, I think just the last minute, just weird oddball stuff. Someone went through a wall, or someone came through our plate glass window. Today someone went through a wall. Two, two different times, two different buildings. What do you mean? They went through. Well, they crashed one. into it with their car. <laughs> no, inside. What? Wait. Okay. What happened? What do you? Okay. Okay. Tell, tell me was, the story. Do you remember here. when I had this? The details here. Yeah. 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 One was because I had that warehouse. Do you remember the warehouse I used to have that yeah, the was one a second facility in Globeville? Yeah. yeah. So Wild Lives, I think it was Hans the singer, was practicing his stage kicks, his moves. And that wall, there were pretty paper thin walls over there. The drywall was pretty thin. And then they fixed it before I could, I think, they did a Westward comic on it too. Did they really? Saw. Yeah. It was pretty, Was that how you found out about it? It was think No, I showed up to clean it. And I was like, um, guys. Like, what happened? Don't worry, we're fixing it. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was one. So most of my walls, right, they're like double five-eighth-inch drywall, so you can't really punch through if you try. But I've got just a couple spots where I don't have that, and bands have found them. They Like, they went through the wall into another room? Jesus. No, he. this was just sort of a kick through. But the next one was kind of funnier. It was, um, do you know Vic and the Narwhals? Yeah. So... 
all the band is loading out of Studio One over at Larimer, and they are just setting down drums, amps, everything in the way. I can watch it all back on video. Then the last guy comes out balancing his amp head on his shoulder, doesn't see everything below him, and just trips over all of it and goes through the wall that actually um, that Tay built back behind the front desk. What? Yeah, right through the wall with, like, his head. This is at Broadway? No, that was a Larimer. That was Larimer? That was, like, a few months ago. (laughs) That's good times. Was he okay? He was fine. He wanted video of it for his Instagram because he thought it was probably pretty funny looking. It was. I couldn't figure out how to get the video to him. So so what do you do in that situation? He fakes it. Well, well, well. I mean, you have to fix it. Did you hold them accountable for it or anything? They were like gonna that? come fix it, and then um, uh, Nate band f- stuff happened. Yeah, so I got a so band totally guy to fix, come it. fix it. We got Nate from In the Whale to come fix it. Oh, cool! My boyfriend helped. Yeah, yeah. Nate's just... coming on the show here soon. Is he? Actually, yeah. yeah, and I'm a big fan of that guy. He's yeah, a, he's a good dude. Um, that's fucking funny. Uh, I, I I do remember early on. There was like uh, a mutual friend of ours warned you just like, oh, they're going to destroy your place. Mm-hmm. They're going to piss all over the floors. Yeah, they're gonna that was wreck Dave. Yeah. yeah, that Dave Fox warned you about that. Mm-hmm. Has Do you feel like any of that has come to pass or do you think that you have kept the place clean enough and nice enough that it has um, it has uh, inhibited people from Yeah, I think you do have to damage. keep it up, and that is something that we struggle with daily. It's a Groundhog Day, but keep it clean. So I'm a big believer in, like, the bathrooms have to be clean. Right. Everything has to be at a certain level. Otherwise, people will just start to think, this place is decrepit. I'm going to trash it for You're going to teach people how to treat you, and you're going to treat yeah. teach people how to treat your place. Right. And Rocket Space is always, like, so clean, and you guys keep the equipment maintenance. Oh, can and- I revise my answer? The hardest thing is the cigarette butts. Why do people throw away their cigarette butts on the ground wherever oh, yeah. they happen to be standing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I don't it's smoke anymore. It's rock and anymore. roll, man. Oh, my God. It's rock and roll to flick it. It's part of the no, ritual. it's actually really douchey is what it is. Yeah, no. When, when, when I used to smoke cigarettes, that was like, you know, part of the, the ritual. It's like you, the lighting it up and the smell of it out of the pack and the mm-hmm. flicking it and all that stuff. Like, that's, that's part of the deal. I think I personally pick up like two dozen cigarette butts a week, but some weeks it's more like a hundred. Yeah. It's I, insane. I didn't think – you wouldn't think that smoke – I thought that smoking had gone out of fashion. Like, I thought that, like, the couple of guys in my band that smoke, like, mm-hmm. I kind of thought that they were the the dinosaur holdout cigarette smokers in, in the rock and roll world, but I guess not. Yeah, I don't even mind. Just put the butt in the ashtray. Yeah. I remember one time we uh, we got in trouble for smoking weed in, in our room. Oh, yeah. I yeah. busted Tony. That was at the warehouse, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you well, because he left all the, like, little nuggets on top no, of the it No, it was at Larimer, and it was the Blind Staggers were in town, and we had, like... Oh, that's right. We had, like, a family rehearsal, you know, so both bands were Sounds in their like jam. a recipe for disaster. Oh, dude. And Did you just, get my mom treatment? Was oh, nice? yeah, yeah. No, you uh, <laughs> you you got up our butt. You read us the riot act. and it, But, I mean, it's important to have high standards, yeah. like you said. You know, it's, it's important to keep the place clean. It's important to set standards is important to enforce your boundaries Mm -hmm. and when you're dealing with a group of people who generally tend to be a little immature and spacey and erratic and kind of anti-authoritarian to begin with and i'm I'm sorry if that's a that's a broad generalization but creative people just Mm -hmm. behaviorally tend to be that way You, you know you have to draw those lines in the sand but we had um you know we're drinking beers and partying and and Tony, I think what happened is we left a beer can behind and Tony had left a roach on the beer can. 
And the next day, we just get these texts from Kate that is just <laughs> like, no, there is no, no smoking, smoking in, in my room. You do that again, we're not going to just. And we were, and Tony was just felt so bad. I'm like, well, I'm like, we'll apologize. We'll Tony's make it right. He's kid. like, yeah, he is. A, he's a good guy. He's he a means really good, well. Yeah, he does mean well. He's he's loyal to a fault. If you guys left the beer can and the weed roach in there, that's cool. It's when I can tell it's been smoked in the room. Oh yeah. And we're talking. No, I re- but but then shortly after that, speaking of dead temple again, is oh incense. Yeah. <laughs> We I came, remember that too. We I remember came, all the things. We came in. We came in one day, and there was new signs in all the rooms that said, "No smoking, not cigarettes, not pot, not incense, nothing." And we were like, "Who the fuck is burning incense in here?" And like, I mean, it gives such a great vibe to the session, dude. And I, I found out it was Dead <laughs> Temple. You know, having rehearsal and doing their like witchy uh, occulty stuff and they're burning fucking like incense and myrrh and they're during their rehearsal or whatnot which is cool but it gets stinky enough with sweat and beer yeah 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 that was so funny and i I remember i remember posting a picture of that online and and i was like dead temple we're looking in your direction and jay just posts sorry not sorry <laughs> I remember good. you calling me out for my passive aggressive little notes that I posted that one time and I was like, "Oh, you're right. Those do sound passive aggressive." No, you know what? I mean, I I I understand that like sometimes you got to leave notes for people because it's the only way they're going to get the message and sometimes it's it's in the heat of things, but I have a certain I have a certain level of humor with regard to passive aggressive notes <laughs> just because I've like I used to live with Jerry Cass, and Jerry loved to leave passive aggressive notes. Jerry Jerry would love to um, Jerry would love to punish you for stuff that that you did that pissed him off. Like one time, I rode my bike home from work, and it was the middle of the night, and I was probably a little drunk, and I like left it leaning against the garage door or something like that, and forgot to put it away or something like that. And I had done this a couple of times, so Jerry hid my bike from me. He hid my bike from me and then allowed yes. me to think for a certain amount of time that it had been taken. And and then when I found out that he did that, then I got really mad and we had, you know, we had that a nice textbook passive aggressive. Oh, <laughs> dude. So bad. But but my favorite was, you know, it's a house full of dudes. So it's just the shower's disgusting. You know, the bathroom is disgusting. And, you know, all the communal stuff is in there. And Jerry would go by the good um old spice body wash and he would keep it in there in the shower and you know you're in the shower there's no soap handy and you're well i say you're i am lazy and didn't go buy things and and would not get it myself and just go oh i'll just use some of jerry's soap i'll just use some of jerry's soap and you do that a certain amount of times and then you come home and there's a bottle of old spice body wash with a note on it that just says buy your own fucking soap We've got. We've See, actually. I would have just put vinegar in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be <laughs> passive aggressive. That'd be good. We've got. We've got. Uh, we've got a couple good passive aggressive notes above the sink in the in the Nug Nation yeah. um, dining yeah. area here. So one says, "Feel free to wash your own fucking dishes. <laughs> Feel free." I think our current note at the the space, which I didn't write, says, "We are not your mom." Oh, I love that one. That one that's like, Rocket Space is not your mom, your partner, your maid. Clean up after yourself. I love it. It's just, 
you can tell that like not only that you're a mom, but you can tell that you are a mom who has been in the game a long time and mm-hmm. is fucking over it. Just mm-hmm. like, no, we're not doing this. We're not playing this game. Give them an inch. They take a fucking mile, man. So I got a little burned out. So then I got staff who saved me. And then now they're getting a little bit like, okay, enough. There was the one Clean guy that your mug. there was the one guy that you had for a while and he got actually attacked at the desk, didn't he? I don't know, maybe. What, God, what was the guy's name? It was like Uriah or Jeremiah or oh, something like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, it was Uriah. Yeah, what What was the story behind that? I like don't somebody, remember that. Like somebody came into the place and was... A, okay, that was when the the um, plate glass window got broken? No, that was Virginia that was there for that one. There's, okay. There's been so many episodes. There's okay, tell me some we of these keep episodes. keep a billy club or actually two of them behind the front desk. For what purpose? <laughs> tell me about what some of the things we that haven't led had to, to that. I don't remember the Uriah story. I do remember that some guy had been chatting up with a band outside the front on Larimer and then thought he could follow the band in. The band decided that, no, maybe don't. Is that the same story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe don't come in here to our practice space and then try to hold the front door so he couldn't enter. Right. So the guy had a box cutter or something in his hand, a utility knife, and smashed it into the glass. See, I thought Uriah was there for that. Virginia's the one that called the cops. Is she? Virginia's been there for a lot of the stuff. Virginia told us. Yeah. In fact, we brought this up on a previous episode. We brought this up on the Jerry episode. Virginia told us about people using it as a no-tell yes. motel mm-hmm. and walk. Has that happened a lot? No, but it's happened one time. I cleaned up the stage room at the South Broadway. Or, no, Jason cleaned it up and said, uh, Kate, there's like a pair of ladies' panties here. So you can draw your own conclusions on that one. I thought Virginia like walked in on somebody she mid-coitus. Did. Mm-hmm. They no longer practice with us. I mean, le- okay. In all fairness, it's not a bad idea. I mean, it's a bad idea in that it's disrespectful to your business. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you want getting out there. But motels We would are... charge extra at least. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we charge would. a cleaning <laughs> fee. gross. That would be a good passive aggressive note is just like, if you fuck here. Yeah. We charge extra a, hundred bucks. Yeah, we charge an extra bu- hundred bucks cleaning fee, and we put your camera. Uh, we put the footage up we'll on RedTube. Yeah, yeah, if we sell it's it to RedTube. If it's worth, <laughs> well, if you get the right cameras, you know, you can get some good footage out of there. Um, I mean, motels are very expensive. Okay, and mm-hmm. Rocket Space rates are just so affordable. And I think that's what it was. This guy had. An opportunity, and he didn't have somewhere else to go, and he'd been drinking clearly, and he right. came to rent some drum time, so it was eight dollars. That's that's nothing. That's a good deal. Yeah. That's a steal, in fact. But the thing that got him busted, he didn't come down to the front desk to pay the eight dollars. Okay, so he got he got busted because oh, so he that's didn't... when you caught him drumming. She went to go collect the payment. Oh, Please, sir, oh. may we have your eight dollars for the drum time that Dude, you're not playing? Pay in advance at least. Think <laughs> it through. That's fucking. It's even funnier that it's a drum room because the was drum room with a different part of his yeah, body. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's hilarious that it. Well, he no, wasn't... it was a real studio. We just upgraded him to a regular room. I think. Oh, really? If people come during off times, we give them a big room because there's more room. air conditioning. It's more fun. Okay. I was going to say. It, I, like, yeah, that it, drum room, that's, that's contortions. Cramped. Yeah. That's cramped. It's not it, It's not only cramped, but it, like there's like no room at all. There's it's a drum eight set. It's eight by eight. Yeah. There's cymbal stands that. Yeah. You would have hurt. to. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to utilize the drum kit. <laughs> that's fucking funny. Um, so what? what? Okay. So the guy. 
broke out the plate glass window with the box cutter. Mm -hmm. Okay, now what ended up happening after the fact with that? Did, Did the cops come get him? Did he run off? He didn't get caught, so, and then it's not enough. People always say, just file an insurance claim. Well, yeah, if you want to pay your deductible. So my boyfriend and I just Just went to Home Depot and got some boards and boarded it up. And then, you know how Google Street View comes by every once so often, every six months, and takes the picture of your business? It's broken right when they take that picture. It's all boarded (laughs) up. (laughs) So that was kind of the worst part was then we look like. So when people look up your business, it's like. It's that just, place is boarded up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that place looks fucked up. And it was like that for two days, right when Street View came by. Now, was there ever a time, to shift gears a little bit, was there ever a time early on that you guys struggled to keep the place afloat? And when or you say you guys, it, you mean me, right? Because right, it used to be me. Now it's like eight or nine of us. Right, right. We, well, you have like partners in the business now? No. No, just oh, there's just eight or nine of you that run So. In the early days when just you ran it by yourself, mm-hmm. did you have, like, was it a struggle to get the rooms booked or did they pretty much get it booked? It was because people in this town were not really used to the concept as much as they would have been somewhere else. And it, right. when you're new, Google the organic search results, unless you're paying right. for the search marketing, you're not getting up in the top 10 of the organic search results. So it took a little, it took a minute, so but it took six you, months and then we were good. Like... Six months and you guys were good. Then you were just booked all the time. We weren't booked all the time yet, but the upward trend was there. And it was starting. What happens is I don't advertise at all now. It's just word of mouth with musicians. I don't know where people come from. They just, they show up. They call. They text. Yeah. No, it's great. I mean, anytime. Which I appreciate. Well, dude, I mean, anytime, anytime that we need to get ready for a gig. Like the only time I really rehearse elsewhere is if I'm doing gigs with one of the jazz projects, and that's because all of those kind of circulate around our keyboard player mm-hmm. who is, you know, runs everything out of his house and has health problems and is 50 years old and and has to haul keyboards everywhere that he goes. Anything else that we do mm-hmm. with any band, it's always based out of Rocket Space. Nice. Because we have so little time that being able to just walk into a room, pay a certain amount of money, and hang out kind of... And it forces everybody in the band to invest in um, to invest in the advancement of our band. You don't have to carry shit. Yeah. Our, our, our tagline every week is Rocket Space. You ain't got to carry shit. Oh, I like it. Like every time, every time we do the... Why didn't I think of that? The, yeah. Every time we do the ads, that is our tagline for your <laughs> business. See, you didn't even know. I don't have to do my marketing. Yeah, we give a shout out to your business like... <laughs> I want to say that we started adding Rocket Space as a as a sponsor probably 10 episodes in. So we have literally advertised your business on this show over 60 times without you being aware of it. Yeesh. Yeah. It's gone the message has gone out to tens of people. Tens. <laughs> hey, dozens even. We we have some episodes that are like reaching into triple digits. I mean, it's like You're kidding me. Episode 1 you know, I'm sure at least 100 people have listened to episode one by now. God, it's been up there a year. I hope over 100 people have listened to episode one. No, we we have a good listener base. We someone do all right, goddammit. Someone actually told me that they listened to the podcast. Really? Yeah. Well, dude, you, like... When I was like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Are they not supposed to? <laughs> no, no, no. I, just, it's just, I, don't, I never have anybody talk to me about it. The people that but... listen to this show and the people that 
the people that follow our band specifically, like, are are the the specific people for whom we created everything that we do. And they are the type of people who are going to be more into learning about the backstory and the mythology and all the characters that make up our little universe of art. And, like, you and Jay had never met in person, right? You and Jay Party Lord? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So when Jay came on the show, he was talking to you like you guys had had a long time relationship. Like he was talking to you like he knew you because he knew you from the show and your contributions to this show. And I know he's listening to this episode. I fucking love you, Jay. Thank you so much for being a dude. Hey, I've got your Blue Oyster Cult poster. Let's make arrangements to meet up and get it. We love you, Jay. The moment he hears that on the podcast, I'm going to get a text message. What? So... Um, so you sent me the last podcast, said, hey, listen to this to get a feel for what we're going to do. Right. I said, cool. I listened to it, and you literally say in that podcast, we've had a guest or two drop out. Maybe I shouldn't send ahead. The po- <laughs> or you try to make me not show up. No, no, no. no. That is it, what you said. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I did say that, and um, oh, I forgot I made that joke in that episode. No, I mean. I was like, is this a riddle? Is I, this a trick? <laughs> I don't appreciate your ruse, sir. Now that's passive aggressive. That's how you get things done, though. Hey, man, people only do passive-aggressive shit because it works. You know what I mean? People wouldn't do it if it didn't. Plus, it's fun. It gets results. You get (laughs) you get to have a quiet little hate group with with a bunch of your friends. It actually, yeah, it actually makes you get creative. Like, how can I express my distaste for this person and what they did? In the snottiest, snarkiest, yeah. yeah, And it just makes you just a, a creative individual. Oh yeah, 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 man. It's good stuff. I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, no, that's funny. No, we just had we just had a couple episodes where, like, maybe because we had so many gigs and and we were busy with so many other things, we didn't um, we just didn't coordinate it terribly well. Also, to be fair, we were trying to coordinate Muscle Beach, and those guys are those guys are pretty tough to nail down. I've got Brian Beer from Bud Bronson coming on here soon, and I'm expecting the same thing. Like those, those are free spirits that are hard to tether to the earth. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So what would like from where you guys started out those roots for the first six months of the business, when you were there by yourself trying to get it going and it's all word of mouth. Like, I know that you closed down Broadway, right? Broadway is now a monthly lockout That's facility, right. so Broadway. I have ten studios that just yeah. That just rent people rent those out all much the time. easier on me. Yeah, um, and you don't you don't have to run it full time or anything. No, like I that. go a couple times a week. But you did close down Globeville a couple years ago. I did. I let my lease um, go to someone else who's a musician, and I don't know what it's doing now. But that was um, I was kind of wild west there because um, what finally happened? I got a drum set ripped off. I had an amp stolen, and the money box someone. Use a screwdriver to get into it. Wow! And then I said, "I'm out." Yeah, it's either camera up or yeah. staff up or get out. So, are you? Do you have any, any any interest in expanding or? I'm actually trying to do the opposite, smaller. Really? Yeah, and just really like Larimer is just a fun place to be. I feel like, and it's um, it's just something I want to do in an excellent way. I feel like anytime I've expanded more, I've lost focus. You know, it's it's kind of an incubator too. Mm. Which is one thing that I miss about our and and you wanted to talk to this uh, a, a little bit and we can have a discussion about this and and kind of go back and forth on the 
the long distance collab stuff that we're doing. But one regret I have about the new way that we're doing it is we're missing out on that social incubator, that creative incubator that we were, we would at the very least run into somebody we knew every week when we showed up for practice, Mm -hmm. we would go to Larimer and have drinks over there. And for, uh, you know, a couple guys with kids and, you know, everybody's more or less married, you know, in, in, in stable relationships and whatnot and, and working full time, you know, big boy jobs and all that shit we don't get a ton of time to go out to shows. Mm-hmm. So really the only time we get to socialize with other bands is either doing shows or that little bit of time at Larimer and that little bit of time in between uh, or on breaks at Rocket Space. Mm-hmm. You know, I never see Tay anymore. You know, our, our lives have just gone in different directions. But every so often I run into him and Aaron Hart working on something or I run into Gianni and, you know, can catch up with him on whatever he's working on. Yeah, and Voidbringer. Yeah, 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 Voidbringer. And uh, and not only that, his practice, his, um, uh, his yeah, audiology, audiology practice. Yep. Yeah, he, he And he fi- throws out free earplugs and will do consultations for people, which is cool. Cause See, and that's we so, all need the musician earplugs, really. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, well, I am so – that is one of the best investments I have made in my musical career is buying – in-ear monitors, first of all, and then just having the molded earplugs, it makes it makes such a difference. Um, but I, I guess my point is, is that like we wouldn't have occasion to catch up with those those friends and acquaintances and those people in our network were we not going to this this extra place to kind of mm-hmm. to hang out and make music. And now that we're doing it and we're a little more isolated, um, we miss out on that and we don't get to see people as much. And it might. I guess it might I miss n- that too because we used to practice there an awful lot and and yeah that, that we de- we definitely all miss that. Where do you guys yeah, rehearse you run into now? People. Uh, we are currently in uh, Granny's HQ, which is Terry's sweaty garage. <laughs> um, it's it's not optimal. Uh, Rocket Space is, is is a lot more comfortable. <laughs> what, what made you What made you decide against Rocket Space? Um, While she's sitting here right in front of you, tell yeah, us, Gordo. No, it was just an economical thing. We couldn't afford. You know, because we were practicing like three, four times a week. Yeah, that's kind of it, where it's not. And it's like, practical. oh man, like yeah, we were having trouble. You guys rehearse three, four times a week. Good for you. Well, I mean, we don't really so much anymore. It's just down to th- two or three. That's but, still good. But um, but we were like, yeah. yeah. And then you know, Terry just offered. He said like, well, let's let's renovate the garage into a you know a space and. With the air conditioner, we get it down to 91. We got it down to 90 the other day. Gross. I wonder how hot it is in here right now. Uh, I don't know, but it's hot. <laughs> I mean, it's actually, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not as bad as it's, it's been. Bad. You know, I, I had a recent trip to, to Kansas, so I can honestly say it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we had, um, we, we just did uh, some shows this weekend. This past weekend we did, uh, first of all, we did a, uh, you came to see our uh, our motion comic premiere. I did at Lost Lake. That was a super fun show. Thank you so much for coming. It was a lot of fun, dude. Do you think we played too long? We played for like an hour and forty minutes. I had to skip out because it got too late for my old ass. I I'm doing that fourteen or training, so I had to. Right, 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 right. But yeah. yeah, we we did play for a long time, and uh, but like I feel like the people who were most appreciative of it like we're still calling for more songs at the end anyway so it was cool you had but a strong pit 
You we, had a strong pit going pretty much the whole time. We did. We had a we had a pit. Yeah. I I we don't see pits a lot at our show, so that was kind of fun. That's uh, Mike was very very enthusiastic. Oh, dude, Mike! <laughs> shout out to Mike Mulligan. Yeah. Love you, dude. I know you're listening too. The diffusers were quite. They yeah, were super fun, yeah. man. And they and they were a fucking fantastic band. He's a live wire, man. Yeah. All the bands, all the bands were tight. It was a great show. What'd you think of the Motion comic? Thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. Did you get to see? It was you, very entertaining. Did you get to see the premiere? Yeah, yeah. I was there. I've got some. I've got some uh, misgivings about the. Um, the sound mix, because in the house sound system over there at Lost Lake, there's a you know they've got those really powerful subs, so a lot of the uh, a lot of the mid range in the bass kind of washes everything out as far as like the narrations and things like that. But oh yeah, yeah, but you know maybe that was just the room. I don't know. Is this just a live thing that you're going to do again? Can we see it somewhere? Uh, so I'm talking with the label right now, and we're trying to get a release date. I was hoping to release it to the public like the day after or the night of but uh Vakken open air was just going on in germany and our label rep has been going from one festival to another in germany because that's what they do all summer because it's fucking amazing out there and and they're just he's a label rep so he had you know has to air quotes go to festivals all summer long so it's been kind of hard to nail him down and and get a date um, I can send you a link to it, a cool. top secret unlisted YouTube link that um, I've only sent to close friends and our patrons. Shout out to our patrons for uh, helping us make that shit. Um, but I, I expect it'll get released within the next month or something like that. But yeah, it, it turned out really cool. Um, Jake Fairley did an out, outstanding job drawing it. And uh, uh, Macy Little did an outstanding job animating it. The animation in it is like it's un unbelievably good, considering he just took the like the PDFs of the comic and and chopped them up and animated them. It's so cool. Yeah. I'll send it to you so you can check it out. But uh, the reason I was bringing up the weekend of shows is because the the middle of the shows that we did, we did three shows in two days. The middle show was we did that Maggie's Farm Festival in Pueblo, which was awesome. We got weed gift certificates. You know, it was a it was a good payday. It was a good crowd. You know, there was uh, like tons of cannabis vendors there, and some of the folks from the Nug Nation were there. And I got to help with the marketing for it, and they took great care of us. And there was great food and all this stuff. The only downside is that it was ninety two degrees in Pueblo in the middle of a fucking parking lot, man. And so, like, the stage is under one canopy. Which, you know, the band's playing on and, and it's like kind of in Shade Island. And then the crowd is all sitting at tables underneath another canopy, which then kind of has a, a river of ultraviolet light that is just roasting everything in its path. Like there's high top tables that are like in front of the stage that nobody wants to sit in. So people are just too hot to enjoy anything. People are too hot to leave their seat. They're all just like leaning on their hands and just like clapping really slowly and melting and, oh dude just melting like we sold nothing in merch and i seriously think it's because people didn't want to get up from the shady spot to walk over to the merch See, why don't table. they just put out like kiddie pools or something like something I, I, you know like something like get some you it know. was so brutal dude that's, it was so yeah, brutally that's, hot that's 
I mean, it was it was a ton of fun, but it was so just brutally hot. That's I'm, when you want to be special branded, like ice packs, fans, anything with your band name on it. Something. Come buy it. That's like. Oh, that's a great idea. Like summer, summer is this. Oh, the double edged sword cast coming at you again. That summer is just like this double edged sword for musicians, dude. That's a way back callback. You remember that? <laughs> we had Matt Kobos on here. Do you know Matt Kobos, <laughs> the stand up comedian? We were making so many double edged sword jokes. It was like a dude. We must have made we must have made ten double edged sword jokes in that episode. It was so stupid and so bad. Anyway, summer is a double edged sword for musicians. In that, it's like when all the best gigs are going on. It's when everybody's touring. It's this opportunity for you to get onto festivals and to go to other markets and to get these big opening opportunities. But so much of it is open air gigs that seem like such a great idea conceptually on paper. But then once you get there, it's just like... It's just misery. Oh, it's awful. The worst show, I think, for Heat that I ever did was People's Fair, which we were very lucky to get, very happy to play, but it was just boiling. And then I had someone pour water over me, and I forgot that there's, you know, electronics in my electric guitar, and then got shocked through my strings for just momentarily. Oh, shit. Don't do that. Bummer. (laughs) Bummer. Yeah, we had, um, when we did did the Blue Oyster Cult show, I, I mentioned this before, it was, dude... 96 degrees and we're on stage as the sun's going down you know what i mean it's just it can it can just be a real energy killer you know just being out there in the sun just baking yeah, Would you yeah, take yeah. The, the freezing cold gigs or the hot ones though because those are bad too we've done white fudge did a freezing cold gig we did new year's at um at whatever that brewery is right there by sloan's lake do you know what I'm talking about? Joyride. Joyride. Joyride's one of my favorites. Yeah, no, it's a great spot. Great dogs and um, spot. Josh Mulroney <laughs> was doing some booking there for some event stuff. And Josh put White Fudge on an outdoor New Year's Eve fucking party. And, dude, we're all on stage in coats, freezing our asses off. Like, people are coming outside, like, for a second. It sounds and good right now. Running back. I know, right? It does sound <laughs> sounds so good. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, but man, like what's the, what's the coldest gig you've ever done? I don't remember. Like, have you ever done, have you ever done a gig where like, like wind and snow and ice and rain were whipping in your face? I know I've done one where there's hail or lightning and then it just gets canceled. Have you been at those where no, someone saw lightning in the distance? So oh, sorry folks. Billy Ray Cyrus. When I went to go see Billy Ray Cyrus play, and we brought him a poster for his music video to get signed and everything. And we watched the opening acts. And I got to see him walk towards the stage in his Walmart American flag shirt. And then the clouds started rolling in and the lightning got bad. And they canceled the – they sent us all out to our cars for the weather conditions and things like that. I saw a lady in a friend's shirt slap another lady in the face. That was going <laughs> to be a great show. Oh, man, people were mad when it got canceled too. They were so mad. Yeah, You're still mad. You didn't get to see Billy Ray. <laughs> oh, no. He's clearly upset. I'm clearly upset. Listen, Billy Ray Cyrus, if you're listening to this, you owe us a concert I'm in Colorado. I'm sorry, Col- man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't mean nothing by it. I just had to. It was weather. It didn't have nothing to do with me. Hey, what's going on? Is this Aaron? Uh, I just thought I'd give you a call to apologize. Well, actually, I recorded this apology on my phone, and then I, I emailed it over to you. I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry. That's a studio quality apology right there. Anyway. It's an inside joke. No. 
Uh, no, I, I I told her about the Billy Ray Cyrus thing. I think we went one entire episode without <laughs> without <laughs> mentioning it. If he, dude, if we ever like if Billy Ray Cyrus and I ever become friends, and he goes back through and he goes, man, you know what? I like you so much. I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna listen to every episode of your podcast. Be <laughs> like, no, Billy Ray, don't do that. Listen to like the first sixty episodes of the podcast. Then skip a few, and then skip a few. And I just see him. Next time I see him, he's got one single tear rolling down his cheek. He's like, I thought we were friends, Aaron Howell. And then you know what he's going to do? What? He'll be like, let me come into that Nug Nation studio and re-record he's those, like, those I, tracks. I didn't realize I let you down so much, buddy. It broke my achy, breaky heart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? how much time are we at, Gordo? We should take a break, maybe? Yeah, yeah, we're about 55 in. Cool. Let's take a quick break and uh, let the room air out, and we'll be right back with Kate in 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 yes in in excess. Kate in excess. I'll go with that. Yeah, it it we can trick people into thinking that you started in excess like that, or there was name. Anyway, we'll be right back. Bye. No, no cheat sheet. I'm doing what? it by memory. No notes. No notes. Free balling? Doing it by memory. It's been a while. That's like kind of an enjoyable personal challenge every week. You have you have a pretty good track record. I do have a pretty good track record. And many times funny things happen when I try to do them and fail. So I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. First and foremost, oh no, I can't remember any of the sponsors. No, hold on. One sec, this microphone is doing wacky shit. All right. First and foremost, our most venereal, nay, venerable sponsor, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Displains, Illinois. Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Master of Poopers. Angie's List winner. The Super Service Award back in 2011, the only year. 2011. The only year that mattered. He'll wear the booties for you. Tell Jerry Matula the boy sent you. If you need uh, plumbing services in Illinois or anywhere else, have plum, will travel. <laughs> oh, that's a nice twist. <laughs> yeah, have plum, will travel. <laughs> have plunger, will travel. Like, have, like plum. How far will you go? How far will he go? How far will he? <laughs> We're everywhere you want to pee. That's good, right? No, not as good. All right. Uh, Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, Colorado. State-of-the-art uh, recording studio. Friendly, uh, skilled, uh, just awesome staff. And uh, the studio is solar-powered. Solar-powered. Yeah, man. What? And it's uh, right in the Black or Shadow Mountain region of Evergreen. I can never remember because I never look it up. To confirm that that's even a thing. A night on Bald Mountain. It's just to the south of Bald Mountain. 
Who is that? Tchaikovsky? No, that's not Tchaikovsky. Who did Night on Bald Mountain? Stravinsky. Igor Stravinsky. The Schwartz? I don't know. General Schwartzkopf. It's, it's something I Night should know. Bald I Mountain. just don't know. Now, you know who wrote Night on Bald Mountain? Um, Brad Smalling from Evergroove Studio. It's his uh, self-reflexive um, sonic self-portrait, you might say. His uh, autobiography. His autobiography. Uh, yeah, man. Evergroove is the best place you can possibly go to make a record. Just go there. Just go there and take a tour of the studio and you'll fall in love with it. We went up there and visited one time and we were like, yes, we want to make all our records here forever. We've done it. We recorded with Brad. Did you really? Yeah, we did. Dude, that studio is awesome. It's amazing. How much How much time did you spend up there? Uh, just think one day. And we even got a live track at Ace of Spades, which he got on one grab. Yeah, That's yeah. All. And we he's so fun to work with, man. Yeah. Because he's like, I, I refer to him on this show a lot as a, a, a um, producing engineer. You know, he really participates in the process of making the song sound cool. Like, he really wants to have a discussion and create the record together. You know, his name's going on it, too. So he's he's one of the best you can work with in the biz. And, man, you can't beat the views from that place. It is just it is a little parrot, a little slice of heaven up there in Evergreen. Evergroove Studio, go check it out. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Rocket Space. The official practice space of motherfucking Ruckus and every other band that ever there was located at 2712 Larimer Street, right next to Larimer Lounge. And uh, what what else? Uh, Metal Lark is over there and and uh, Cold Crush closed down. But what is it now? Uh, I don't know. There's also Joe's Liquor. There. There's also Joe's Liquor that they tried to close. Barcode, I think it's called. Oh, that is also the name Some of a really shitty stuff. generic brand of spirits. Uh, it's like the cheapest stuff you can get, like cheaper than McCormick's, is Barcode. Have you ever had Barcode before? No. It's pretty much just colored grain alcohol. It is disgusting. Metal Art Kitchen's next door. Metal Art Kitchen is next door. You get that burger with the egg and the bacon. Oh, yeah, so it's good. so good. And there's tons of cool artwork, but what's most important is the friendly, helpful staff, the clean rooms, the maintenance equipment, and the fact that everything is just set up for you. All you have to do is show up, plug in, maybe smoke a little weed before you play, but do it outside. Outside, please. Pick up your cigarette butts. Don't break the windows with box cutters. Let's see. Don't have sex. It's not a motel. Just don't be a jerk. Don't man. be a or jerk. Or pay the hundred bucks. Yeah, or pay the hundred dollar cleaning fee to to mop up your e jack. Um, it's fucking gross, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But I can also see being a young man and being drunk and being at, like, Larimer and being like, hey, you know what's right next door? We could go in and just go fucking the drum room. And I can see being a young woman and just being like, okay. You know? Yeah, that sounds hot. Yeah. Uh, that sounds fun. It's a, you're in a band. That was one thing that we talked about is we were like, I'll bet the guy wasn't even in a band. I'll bet the guy was just like, oh, you know, I play. You want to come check out my rehearsal studio? <laughs> and he just went over there. He's like, my friend gave me the code. I, I don't even know what any of this stuff does. Anyway, um, don't fuck there, but uh, go practice there. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Tell Kate the boys sent you, and you ain't got to carry shit. Uh, Flipside Music. On South Tacoma Street here in Denver, Colorado. A lot of our sponsors. In fact, pretty much all of them are from Colorado. 
hey, some of you who uh, are out of state or might run some international conglomerates that want to get your sweet ad dollars into this 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 viral podcast that's that's literally getting tens of listeners a day burning um, up the charts yeah burning burning up the itunes charts uh yeah man throw some of that bread down here Flipside music on south acoma street all the stuff you want all the all the stuff you want none of the stuff that you don't great selection of pedals guitars amplifiers plus ike is just sweet as fucking pie he's the best my brother sent me a text today and was like he's like i can't get over what a what a small world it is i just happened to run into ike from flipside music and like he was selling me a bass case and was already taking very good care of me and then he found out i was your brother and took like extra good care of me he was like he was like he loves you so ike if you're listening i love you too thanks for taking good care of my brother that's fucking awesome man and uh, ike i'll see you tomorrow actually you'll listen to this after i see you we're wait, talking shop tomorrow Oh, you're talking shop tomorrow because yep. he's getting ready to open some spaces? He's, just, he's doing really well. No, he's just uh, thinking about moving a shop potentially. Oh, really? Oh. Maybe not. He expanded. It looks really nice. He could be perfectly happy where he's at. See, yeah, he took over the back area, yeah, the, and it looks nice. Yeah. That's what happens yeah. when you provide mm-hmm. quality products, you provide the know-how, and you provide the friendly service, and you utilize your contacts in the order of the Baldman. To help you succeed. There is no Baldman discount. It's just a, you pay regular price. But you get a lot of support. <laughs> a lot of emotional support. Do you guys um, Do you guys have a secret handshake? Uh, we grasp each other's clammy, bald heads <laughs> and say, hallelujah. No, no. So how Ro- do you say his last name if yep. you think mine's hard? Uh, Evangelo. That's all it is? Yeah. It's, I, it's, 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 um, the C is silent? It's... Is there an echo? Evangelico? No, there's no C in there, is there? Look it up. Yeah, look it up. I think it's Evangelo. Evangelico. That sounds like a drunk person going into a bar and like wanting to drink liqueur and they're like, they're like, Evangelico. That's how you spell it. But we have Icangelio. Iacavangelo. Yakavangela, I have no fucking idea. Ike is a good... That's why he goes by Ike, by right. the way. Ike is great. Go to Flipside Music. Check out their stuff. They have a great selection. They are just some of the sweetest people around. Um, man, good guy, Ike. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? Who else? We haven't gotten to the patrons yet. Oh, Mutiny Information Cafe at 2 South Broadway, right in the heart of Denver. The motherfucking podcast is, of course, a mutiny transmission uh, Mutiny Information Cafe does books, coffee, not just coffee, like they are like experts in coffee. They were trained in the monastery of Peaberries back in the early 90s and learned how to be experts in, in, in the field of coffee. Uh, they know comic books. They've got a great selection of comic books, uh, collectibles, records, books, tons of books, like the most books you ever booked um, and now they're also doing uh, – they have a media service division, which is expanded into a full podcast studio that they have down in the basement. They do live streams, podcasts. They do live events. They're, they're a cultural mecca in the heart of Denver. Go check them out and tell them the boys sent you. Love those guys. Uh, let's see. Who else? Oh, the Nug Nation. 
the motherfucking podcast is, of course, recorded here at the Nug Nation Studios at an undisclosed secret location deep in the heart of Rhino. It's so secret. Rhino, Sofa, SoFi, Lo-Fi, Hi-Fi, Dito. Joe-Fi. Joe-Fi 4, my uncle. No-Lo. No-No. Crow-Lo. So yesterday at the the City Park Jazz Show, Jerry and I were just like having a great time just rattling off... um, fake like endless loops of uh band genre descriptions just be it like we were making fun of ums is what it was and because we're old and relevant now and we feel insecure about that we made fun of ums relentlessly we were like oh did you go see um the the uh did you go see the blue ponies play at high dive on saturday night no what kind of music are they they're kind of like wave tech math like Grind, pop, wave, wave, grind, pop, like tech, electro, you know, and then we just went on and on like that for a long time, and it was fun. Uh, anyway, thenugnation.com is where you can see all the nugs and their wacky adventures through the town of Nugville, Colorado. Uh, you can see the video we did for Billy Ray Cyrus, which was a ton of fun. You can see all the interviews I did as Bong Burgundy with Red Man and Afro Man and the Nappy Roots and and people of that ilk. Uh, yeah, you can see all sorts of cool stuff. Go check it out, thenugnation.com. Funny, funny shit. Ounce for ounce, the best homegrown comedy in ever, really. Uh, let's see, who else? Who else? Oh, of course, the handful, the few, the proud, the brave, the generous, the sexy, the kind people who back us via a small monthly contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys make the motherfucking world go round. Uh, the support of our patrons goes to help fly Tony back and forth from Chicago. It helps pay for our van rentals. It helps pay for our rehearsal space rental at Rocket Space. It helps with your upcoming EP, uh, Deconstructing Folk. Yes, Deconstructing Folk. Wait, have you been reading my journal? <laughs> Dude, you're not supposed to give away trade secrets. On the show. And now I can't edit this in post because it'll sound all weird. Thanks. Yeah, man. Uh, we love our patrons. They get access to exclusive early content, VIP tickets. We put a bunch of our, our patrons on the guest list for um, for our uh, uh, premiere that we just did at Lost Lake this weekend. We had a ton of fun. It was great to see all you guys there who showed up. Um, if you want to learn more about it, go to patreon.com slash mfruckus. You guys make the world go round. Thank you so much. So uh, now that we got that out of the way, we're going to jump back in to talking to to my good friend Kate about some stuff. Um, so I'm kind of beginning I'm beginning fatherhood. Like I'm at the beginning yes, of this. Yes, you are. Right. You have a cute little baby. Thank you so much. He's so much fun. He uh, He came to City Park Jazz, and it just made me so – like I say he came like he showed up by himself, like – he just rolled up. He's like, well, what's going on here? He's like eating some chips. Just like, you guys doing a show? Yeah, maybe I'll stick around. No, he uh, he was at the show yesterday, and it was just like, I was just focused on him way in the back the entire time. Just seeing this little neon pink meatball just being passed back and forth at the back of the park. It's it like was, a beach ball. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, and he wore his ear protection, which uh, hey, G- Gianni was very appreciative of. Gianni was like, there you go, man. Like. What did he say? He said, uh, "He said, hearing conservation at its finest. Good job." So I, 
I was happy about that. That was like it's important, dude. That was the one thing when we were making our registry that I was like insistent on. I was like, I want ear protection forms so I can take them to shows and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I am curious to know real to know more about your experience, like being a mom and like really exclusively focusing on that and how old your kids were when you came out and started going out and, and, and doing gigs and playing shows and like how you're, how you're balancing like being a mom and having, are your, are your kids full grown? Are they out of the house? Like They're 14 and 17. Oh, so, okay. So the so, little one's about to get a driver's permit, which blows my mind. But yeah, they're that's crazy. big now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how old were they? Then I suck at math. So how yeah, old were they when? Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to do yeah. math. Eight and ten, I'm gonna say. Eight and ten when you started yeah, doing the blackouts. Yeah, or maybe a little younger than that too. What did they think about it when you first started? They thought doing it was it? cool. Lily wrote me a little handwritten thing which said the blackouts, something are the best in the world. I forget what she said, but she thought it was cool, and now she doesn't. She doesn't think no, it's cool. She, she thinks it's all right. She, she's just like thinks everything having to do with There's her parents. There's better bands cool. out there. There's she's into Panic at the Disco and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. okay. Is she kind of is she kind of angsty? Is she into like like Panic at the Disco? That's pretty. That's pretty like dark. She listens to a little of the yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, what would you call Panic at the Disco? They're a little on the emo and side. My Chemical right? Romance is oh, probably more her favorite. Yeah. Oh man, so she's, she's into all the stuff. angsty stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like pretty pretty sad boys is mm-hmm. is her thing. Yep, that's really cool. So she doesn't think the blackouts are cool now. Uh, she probably doesn't. She likes that I play music, but she has no interest in being around it. Neither of them do because you hang out at a rehearsal space for a little while and you're you know, get bored, especially if it's not your stuff. Yeah, they took. I used to have office chairs, and they used to race those down the halls, and they helped me with enough projects that there were. Like, can we not be here anymore? People smoke, people drink, they cuss. That's so funny. <laughs> They're good kids. That's so funny. When when we did um when we did New Worst Fest last year, there were so many kids that were in the front covering their ears and they just looked so miserable to be there. Like their parents were like were like, Hey, I'm gonna take you to see some cool punk rock bands and ah, and it's gonna be crazy and they just looked so miserable mm-hmm. to be there is that like what it's like the, that's my children yeah <laughs> they just have no interest in it whatsoever are they uh, are they interested in playing music at all on their own my daughter probably my son not not no, at all never what is your no. son into uh he likes he he's a varsity runner so he likes running he likes computers he's always on the computer he's gonna be like some kind of cybersecurity genius who knows wow he does dungeons and dragons which is the new cool thing the kids do i am so glad that dungeons and dragons is cool now i think that's great like it used to be something that you got beat up for but i think it's like i think it's great that it's like it's hip now he has two different groups so he's got more than one going see that's cool man so kids are into it so does now does your daughter play at all not yet she can pick it up really quickly i taught her a solo to like a k-pop song when she's still into k-pop you know she's a teenager so the, she got into K-pop, huh? The, yeah, and I took her to her first concert in LA. It was a K-pop show, so was she it was like, actually pretty fun. Was she into like K-pop culture? Like, did she mm-hmm. do the different color glow sticks and and like? We didn't have to go that far, but I think she at some point realized that it was. She felt like it was cultural appropriation or something. I don't know for what, Americans but, to be yes, into K-pop. Yeah, to be. At so what into age their did she use the term cultural appropriation? <laughs> She's a mad little genius. Because yeah. I didn't even. I don't even think I really knew what that term was until thirty-six. 
35 minutes ago. Like I, I, I don't think I knew. Like I don't think I really knew it until a, a you know adulthood really. Right. So that's interesting that she would have that realization at what age? At uh, 13. At 13, she yeah. had that realization. Wow. Yeah, she's smarter than I am. So, so now your your ex husband, their father, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, is also a musician. Yep. So was he actively playing gigs and doing stuff when they were little kids? Yeah, absolutely. And they they Thursday through Saturday usually like the four hour gigs, kind of the cover really? band shtick. Yep. So he was doing was he doing that and the equipment rental stuff because he does yep. he does the backline he does stuff. all pro amps yeah backline rentals yeah so he was he was like a full time professional musician when yep. they were. When you guys were married and they were yeah, kids? Yeah, one time when my boy was a toddler, he accidentally um, ordered an extra amp for Paul by, you know, pushing the wrong button on eBay. <laughs> so careful what your kids are hitting yeah, on the Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's interesting. Because, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to push my son into music. You know, and and from from what I've heard from other parents, you're not really going to push yeah, them into much of anything. Mm-mm. They're going to do what they're going to do. Mine's their own. Yeah, which it yeah. should be. You wouldn't want it any other way. Which is cool. Which is something that's very exciting to me is this idea of them having their own interests that are unique to them, and having their own friends and their own relationships and their own memories and their own like their own journey about which we will never know. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many things that our kids will go through that will will be their major life lessons that they will never tell us about. That, you know, this relationship or this love affair that they had or yeah, this, I know, isn't it sad? you know, this yeah. way that they were injured or this, you know, this, this thing that they feel shame or guilt about, like that they will never tell their parents about. They'll be like, oh, that would break my, my mom's heart or that would break my dad's heart. I could never tell them that. Like they are going to have their own traumas their own secrets that's just so crazy to think about and and i know that i'm not going to be able to push anything on ransom but i also try and make it as available as as possible is that something do you feel like you tried to make music like you consciously tried to make music available to them do you think that that's something that paul did or I think it's just been too available. It's just not interesting to them because there's just every house has always had drums in it. Every house has always had amps. And it's just a noisy sort of inconvenience, kind of an annoyance. So I should like... Hide all the gear. I should try and push like QuickBooks on him. Do it, yeah. And like Excel spreadsheets and and try and push like cribbage on him or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. What's, What's boring stuff that you can push on kids? That they'll rebel against and play play cool music instead. We got nothing. Gordo, gym, gym. Oh, take him to the gym. Just be like, be like, yeah. Try and get him really into lifting weights. Well, I was, yeah, like when I was a kid, it was like the worst thing you could do to me was put me in a gym class or put me in a PE class because I didn't know anything about sports because you know my dad was gay, so right. we we didn't go out and toss the ball or whatever. Right, right. So. Yeah. So the worst thing you could do to me is just like, yeah, go play ball with these guys. I'm like, it's like, oh, I don't know. See, I wanted. That's why I ended up playing guitar. I wanted to be good. <laughs> I wanted to be good at sports and I wanted to be athletic and I wanted to be fit and strong and all that stuff. But I was such an awkward, skinny little weirdo and so uncoordinated. I actually got put in second grade. I got put into physical therapy to like 
get my hand-eye coordination down because I had such terrible hand-eye coordination. And then later on, I want to say in fifth grade, they put me in what they called Gym X, which was a special extra gym class. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started looking around at the other people that were in the class, and I went, oh, man. Like, I'm, I'm talking like taking gallon jugs with the bottom cut off, and, like, you hold on to the handle of the jug, and there's a ball, a wiffle ball tied to a string, and we're sitting there trying to catch the ball on the string in the gallon jug. Like, that was, like, part of the gym class that I had to go to. You know what I mean? So, like, I wanted to be the, like, you know, I wanted to play ball with the guys, and I wanted to be good at that that type of stuff. But because I was so uncoordinated and awkward and hyperactive and distractible, I was never able to, like, master those skills at all. You know what I mean? So I'm now I'm I'm wondering we did uh we did his astrological chart when he was born cuz Sarah's like into that stuff. She's kind of a witchy chick and according to his chart he's going to be very into athletics. Hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's my kid and why would we wish a music career on them anyway? I know, right? Well, and and, and that's the other thing is is statistically speaking creative people tend to be like so broke, just unless unless you're able to do like what what you have done. Now, this is something that's interesting is you're seeing a lot more of the people who are lifers in in the arts and music who are so committed to having that be part of their life and are doing it much later into the, the period of their life where they're forming the what's known as the business persona. Like you have like your early imprint period, you have your social uh, socialization period you have your modeling period you have your uh social and and uh romantic courtship period of development and then kind of after that comes the formation of the business persona so because you have so many people who are staying in the creative fields into that part of their adulthood i feel like you're seeing a lot more people who are going okay i'm not making any money off of the band part but how can I somehow involve all the relationships that I've collected, all the know-how that I've collected? How can I take these resources that I do have and turn them into something that I can do to make a living that will be satisfying in some way, that will be challenging in some way that I can, that I can stake out on my own, but will also allow me to stay involved in the music scene? And I think that's why you're seeing... There's lots of us doing that. There's yep. lots of you doing that. And we were talking about that on the break, how... You know, you going off and doing Rocket Space, you now have this Rolodex of all these people who have these other professions that can help you in some way. And that's um, that's something that I think is almost unique to people in, in the creative fields, which is we've all got a guy for everything. Yeah, it's a reciprocal economy. And I've had Tony come do electrical work for me. I've had right. lots of people do stuff and... Right. You know, that's you try to give a job to a musician first if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just it's fascinating to me that that's something that that is out there now. That's really cool, man. Uh, You know, like every everybody, everybody should have their screen printing guy and everybody should have their like their Internet nerd who knows how to do the Internet marketing stuff that can teach them things about it. And everyone needs the person who went the studio way and 
Yeah, it's really cool, man. You yeah, can... I just gave you an HVAC referral on the break. You did just give me an HVAC <laughs> referral on the break so we can get some goddamn air conditioning in this booth. It's so fucking hot. Um, so what are you uh, what are you working on with the blackouts right now? Mm, a very witchy album. Speaking of witches, a very witchy witches album. Witches and bitches. Yeah. Like, like, tell me, like, what do you mean a very witchy album? Like, are you so doing the... kind of occult metal type of stuff, or what are you doing? Not so much that. Just sort of based on. It's more of a concept album where we're sort of basing it off, you know, sort of Salem witch era woman who um, Josh Finley has beautifully illustrated as sort of a comeback from the dead, sort of a, a female Eddie. A, you know, she was probably pretty hot, but now this, she's this character on yeah, this on the front of the candle, candle that no one can see on the podcast. Yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, she was, you know, burned alive, and now she's trying to. She's time hopping to the present day, and she's pissed off. Really? Yeah, so there's going to be a whole stage show based on that. Really? Yeah, but we're still working. It takes a long time. Now I kind of have a little more respect for everything you've done with your band because it's time-consuming, but it's engrossing, and it's really fun. It's a t- And she had no respect for it before, by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> <And> so. <laughs> there was a modicum. Before, she had contempt for it. She's like, I hate everything that he bullshit. does for his band. <laughs> Fuck this. This is garbage. No, um... That's really cool. I didn't realize that that was a concept thing that you were working up. So well, tell us a little bit. It's not out yet. So, no, yeah. It's called, um, the, I mean, the title track to... is Hell Hath No Fury. Yeah. And then there's other ones like Resurrection where she kind of like, you can try to kill, you know. So this, all the songs spirit, are part but... of the story? Like, is this like an Alice Cooper type of thing that you're yeah, doing? Yeah, well, and it was going to be six songs. And I think the latest count was maybe eight or nine. And then someone kind of added one on at band practice last week. So we're sort of in this mode where we can't stop and we're going to have to maybe cap it at a certain point. I Are smell, you I smell a, a concept album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a full the, concept. Album. So, the, the, and now that's the that's the idea of it, right? Is it's a full concept album and stage yeah. show? Yeah, loosely, but the songs kind of loosely all fit the narrative, but they're sort of separated. Different people have written them within the band. Right. Yeah. That's really it's, cool. It's just kind of it's an organic thing. We're not sitting there trying to say like it's a novel that we're gonna then put music to. We're not writing a rock opera. Right, right, right. Which it's, would be badass, by the way. It would. Yeah. I don't have the patience. So for then, that. then what's your vision for it? Like, what what do you see this becoming, involving into? Hmm, that is a good question. I think really we just want to have like that thing where there's the fog machine and the lights and there's the the sounds and the backing tracks in between. And we want to weave more of a show because we're you know. Again, of an age, and we don't want to like be like you know hula hoops and half naked. Like, there's just not much we can do to enliven right. it besides sort of bring in the story. Right. Now, that's that. That's another thing that I wanted to ask you about is like the experience of being it, being in an all girl band that is not what many might consider the all girl band to mm-hmm. be. You know what I mean? Well, we were fans of girl school at the same time as the Runaways and things like that that kind of were the groundbreaking bands and L7. And so we sort of didn't ever have that expectation that we needed to look a certain way. So Right. You you never wanted you never wanted to be the like the the bangles the, 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 the bangles like the the sex pot pop act like out yeah. there that were just trying to get yeah, by. Or Vixen that we opened up for recently. You know, we weren't trying to get dolled up. How was that it's not show? us. Uh, it was pretty fun. They're was good. Fun. Yeah, they're yeah, good. Yeah, no, they're a great yeah. band. They're a cool band. Yeah. No, that's so that's interesting. So, like, what do you think has been the greatest challenge for the Blackouts as an all-girl band? Like, what what have been some of the pitfalls that you guys have encountered? Mm, I think it's just for me personally, it's getting asked to join every single chicks rock show that comes about. Oh, really? Regardless of genre, regardless of whether we all fit the same kind of music or whether it's going to 
you know, cobbled together as a fun right. you know, experience for the fan. Yeah, right. It's just like, like you've it's all like, got tits, great. Yeah, right. You've all you've all got tits, so let's have let's have a celebration. Just like, do you find that there has been? Um, do you guys think that you have retained a lot of fans from those events who might not normally have been into you just because of that, or do you think that those those have been things where you just stuck out like a sore thumb? I think you th- you're saying the Chicks Rock shows. Yeah, like the Chicks Rock shows and 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 any of the other stuff. Where well, first of all, we're not going to stand out at those things because everyone's a chick band. So. Right. Well, but you guys are are one we're, of a few type of like harder edge yeah. rock and roll bands. Yeah, that we'll just probably be the heaviest be one. Yeah. Yeah, it, like I would imagine there's a lot of either poppier bands or or more like punk rock bands or what's going on mm-hmm. at those shows where like what are a, ma- a majority of the bands sounding like or are they all different is it all, They're completely all different, different? Yeah. yeah we're all different i mean i just think it's not a thing where we say oh you're boy band aaron you know you're your band of dudes right so right i we're, didn't set out to start you're you know, just in a band you know, yeah i'm in a band with you know some girlfriends yeah you're in yeah. a band with a, you're in a band with a bunch of your friends who happen to also be female mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's important to remember is yeah. it's not like it's not like, oh, yeah, they're this chick band. Yeah. You know, that's. But we are. And so we'll use that sometimes. So, yeah, we're we're guilty of also saying, well, we're, you know, a female. Well, hard, and and hard rock band. Yeah. And there's there's an undeniable difference in experience, you know, like between being being a male and being a female. So the the, you know, dude rock is going to sound a certain way and chick rock is going to sound a certain way. A like. We kind of just ascribe the term chick rock because maybe it's a little there's more of a novelty to it, I guess that I, I don't I guess not really anymore. You right. know, it, it seems like it's a lot more a lot more balanced now. I think it's really starting to be. I used to volunteer at Girls Rock Denver, which is a great organization and where I met the other Kate who manages the space most right. of the time. She's and, awesome. Yeah, she's freaking awesome. We were both roadies and we both sort of saw the same like we'll try to figure out if we don't know how to work it, we'll figure it out. We'll right. learn. You know, we're kinda the gearheads that could could do the gear part of the music. And then Because you had so much experience from being around uh the backline company, right? And like helping out I with the backline company. I did, but I was also a little scared of drum kits when I started. I didn't really know, you know, how to put a snare wire on or any of the stuff that's just set But now you, you can me. pretty much set up anything. Like oh, yeah. You could probably set up a drum kit absolutely better than I could. Ty shows up, there's a reason Hopefully. his drums aren't set up. <laughs> like Ty shows up, I'm like, I moved him into the room. I'll let you do the thing. I think all the pieces are there. Yeah. Yeah, no. they're in roughly the same place that I think you like them, but I don't want to break anything, so I'm not right. going to touch them. But you feel pretty competent about working with I pretty do. much all gear, And right? I see a lot more women coming through the space. And for us, that's, you know, me and the other Kate and then Virginia and Nori and the other women that work there, we really feel pretty strongly about making it a safe space that women, you know, want to be. But it just doesn't seem quite as big of a disparity than it was before. Right. But, you know, you come into rock space, there's tampons in the bathroom. There's clean bathrooms. We're just trying to make it, you know, right. so that. Well, it, do, it, it doesn't, it at least in my experience, I've I've dealt with female musicians the whole time I've been doing it. I've honestly, from coming from going to an arts school, mostly it's, it was, I, I want to say that is the the student body went in music and in theater the the women probably outnumbered the men two to one 
You know what I mean? There was, I'm just used to there being so many women in the arts that it doesn't seem like a novel thing to me. But then I hear these stories about, you know, the female musician's experience and, Mm -hmm. and how difficult it is to be taken seriously, how, how many dangerous situations that guys wouldn't even think of that you find yourself in, you know, being in green rooms with closed doors with fucking creepy drunk dudes and shit like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's something that we don't even think about, I think as guys and not feeling as willing to negotiate for yourself or ask for the same money. And, you know, talking to someone like Hazel Miller, who's been in the scene forever. She's a G dude. She is a G. She is the most pleasant, but you will not take money out of her pocket or her band's pocket. She is going to negotiate. Yeah, no, I did. Um, I did a gig last night with, um, with Venus Cruz hmm. and Venus is, you know, it, she is her own personal brand. You know what I mean? Like when, like she doesn't join bands, she puts bands together. Like she is a featured performer with a bunch of people. She has her own radio station on Kuvo. Like she is, she is at least as far as I'm concerned, a, a local legend. Oh, I did meet her when I was picking up my Westward tickets. The lady at the reception desk was starstruck by her. Oh, and I said, who's that? And she said, Venus Cruz. Yeah, Venus Cruz is pretty fucking incredible, man. Uh-huh. And um, She's and super nice, too. Super nice. Super nice. And um, Hazel and Erica Brown and these, Erica, like, yep. dude, these gals who have been doing it a long time mm-hmm. and have they seen, know what's up. Yep. well, and have seen shit that I think maybe the current generation of female performers might even take for granted. You know what I mean? Because they... The, you know, women like that, and it kicked open a lot of doors, even on a local level, you know, to be able to, to make that happen. So, yeah, it's cool, man. It's yeah, cool. it's important to have those role models. You would think maybe it's not that important, but it really is. And, you know, that's why Joan Jett is so iconic, you know, for women. And I played the Joan Jett guitar, and she started her own record label when she couldn't get signed. Right, know? right. It's the kind of stuff that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And, um, you know, I would, I would consider you to be something of a role model. You know, and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on here is just like hearing your story about like being being a casual, you know, just everyday music fan, going into college, picking up a little bit of guitar, going and then and 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 getting the, the white collar office job in the cubicle to you know, with with kind of the week from what it sounds like, kind of a weekend warrior music hobby. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then going into like literally over a decade of just like focusing exclusively on being a parent and focusing exclusively on 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 doing those things and then coming out of that and at age 36 to start your first band which age 36 by the way when uh, I looked at a video that you guys filmed outside Rocket Space MF Ruckus one of those like when is too old to rock oh yeah and one of you guys said 36 oh yeah because I was 36 at the time <laughs> yeah no that I mean then that was kind of the that was kind of the joke we thought we were old that was kind of the joke and I think I think it's because we have this this Human beings have this this poor ability to uh, uh, poor ability of effective forecasting, where we get to a certain age and we go like, "Well, it's time for me to get my shit together and put childish things away," and that's just simply not the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at someone like Les Paul; he played 
I want to say every weekend in New York City, like there was some club that he would do a set at every weekend in New York City until the day he died. You know, and he died in his 90s. He was an old, old man. You know, and this is something that you love to do and it's something that you've committed yourself to and and you can't imagine yourself living without. It's like there's there's never a point where you're too old to to keep doing it. I think it's important to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, you know, We've all seen, we've all seen the the guy who's pushing sixty and still hanging out and trying to dress like he's twenty, hanging out with all the twenty year olds. I do think you need to evolve and and act your age to a certain degree, but I don't think you ever have to quit. And I, in, in fact, I'm constantly, every time I'm feeling bad about myself, I'm constantly like looking up, you know people who succeeded late in life you know it's like oh you know bill withers didn't even start in music until he was in his 30s and this dude from lcd sound system or whatever like he was in his late 30s when he got going and there was there was somebody else that was oh uh ricky gervais um i want to say he was almost 40 when he started doing comedy like he had like a regular blue collar job like it was just a regular dude and happened to be kind of funny and did some radio ads or something like that and then became a comedian and became mm-hmm. one of the biggest uh, comedic actors on the planet. One His of, new show is so good, it's poignant. Uh, which one? Funny. The Afterlife? Yes. Oh, man. That was such a good mm-hmm. show. He um, he just did uh, he did the Sam Harris podcast recently, and uh, he and Sam Harris had this brilliant discussion about political correctness and 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 about you know how where comedy fits into that whole thing and and kind of his story it's it's really worth a listen the making sense podcast with sam harris and yeah yeah it's a good one to listen to um so what does the future look like for rocket space what does the future look like for the blackouts and what does the future look like just for you as an individual Ooh, good questions. Um, for the blackouts, we want to get this album done. We've been sitting on it for a little while. Right. But yeah. It's it's time to birth that baby. I want to see it. Like <laughs> like. So are you guys going to have a visual element with it on like? So yeah. You, do you know anyone that does that while we're talking Rolodex here? We need we need help. So what do you need? Uh, if we don't know yet, we need someone to help build whatever is projected behind us. Um. So. What I would say for that is I do have a um, I do have an AV guy, uh, Jeremiah Ludeman from um, uh, No Bueno. Oh yeah. He uh, he has this business, Primary Focus Media, and he like specializes in doing uh, audiovisual for like corporate events and things like that. But he also really loves might be a nice change of pace for him. Dude, he <laughs> loves staying involved in in the music scene. Cool. And so he and I have done a couple things together, and he really knows what he's doing. Um, as far as like building the actual visual elements, what do you need illustrators or do you need, do you need animators? Do you need like to learn how to set up slideshows or, or what are you thinking? I'm getting overwhelmed. Yeah, we need all that. Okay. We should talk about it. I also, I also have some people in stagecraft and design. I reached out to a old buddy of mine from the stagecraft design world because we've been talking about stepping up our production game too Mm -hmm. and starting to do some more visual elements. That's another thing. We get to be our age, Kate, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's like, what else are you going to do with your time? Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, this whole "don't die with your music" left in you type yeah. mentality. Well, and it's like it's like, well, I'm not going to quit doing this anytime soon. So are we just going to keep doing the bar band thing, or what's what's the next logical step for us? Well, let's see what's over the next hill. Let's see let's see how far we can take this. Let's try things because at the end of the day, nobody cares, mm-hmm. and that's the most liberating thing you can possibly know is that is that no one's going to care about your art as much as you do. And until they do, until you get a few people who really, really care about it even more than you do, and that's like the most rewarding thing you can possibly experience. It's really cool stuff. So, yes, we will talk about um, some of your ideas that you might have. I would love to sit and brainstorm with you on some stuff. It's just been fun being on a writing streak and having all this stuff come out. And then everyone in your band is a force multiplier and everyone adds something on. It's just, you know, the band family. You get it. And you guys guys have all just been kind of circulating around this character that you're... uh, Yeah, it's... uh, Blackout Betty. Blackout Betty. That's what yes. she's called. That's mm-hmm. it's a cool. Anybody who or is it Betty Blackout? I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you can't see it on the on the audio version of the podcast. But there's uh, Kate brought us a candle with the the Blackout Betty sticker on it, um, and uh, it, it, Josh Finley did that. Josh Finley did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Look up. Look up. Uh, where can people find you? By the way, that's probably an important thing. Um, uh, Reverb Nation, Facebook, the usual SoundCloud. Right. What's What's the Facebook address? Because I assume there's more I than one. I think it's the Blackouts Rock. Rock. The Blackouts Rock. I should cool. know that. But yeah. Check it After out. eleven years. Check out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't handle that part of the business. <laughs> no. I would. I would love to to help you brainstorm some ideas. It'd be really cool. cool. So, what is? Yeah, that's banned. For Rocket Space, we're just really trying to keep doing on a you know on a level where we have excellence in what we do and keep it clean, keep it where people can still afford to practice there. So it's just keep, and you're, and you, keep it on, keep it on. You said you're talking about minimizing to a certain degree and like and like really focusing on Larimer and making that the full-time thing and just just trying to make that as, as good as you possibly can, right? Yeah, I have a lot more ideas. And I want, you know, drummers to come in and not be like, oh, man, like this stand isn't adjusting right. Like I want it to be an excellent experience. And I right. know I can do that with a little more focus. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah nar- narrowing it I know it that in. stuff's frustrating. Like you're just trying to do your thing and make the music and not have to struggle with a right. thing that's, you know. You guys were talking about doing um, uh, recording setups and like live streaming setups too. Is that a, is that a thing that's going to be coming? Mm, I think one of my staff might want to do something like that someday. I don't have the patience for it, but I would love for that to happen. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Without my help, <laughs> you would you would love for somebody to take charge of that <laughs> project. Someone do that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, what's the future look like for you personally? Oh, I'm building a cabin with my boyfriend, and I'm gonna what? yeah off the grid hummingbirds and silence. What? Yeah. So I'm learning a little bit of carpentry. Where are you building? Where are you it's building near a cabin? Sedalia, Sounds yeah. amazing. It is amazing, <laughs> dude. Like that's that's like me and Sarah's dream is to like find a place in the it's mountains so and build fun. a build a compound and. Yeah. Go up there and not bother anybody, you know. Yeah, it's been three summers of doing that, and it's getting pretty close. Like you have like a like a full on cabin. Yeah, cabin it's going. like sixteen by twenty. What? Yeah, it's what, got it, a loft outside of Sedalia. That's yeah, cool. I want to find a place that's like got like a hot spring well running, or like a hot spring yeah. running beneath, and d- like dig something like that out. Yeah. That's that's my dream. Is There's to, a well, and the water is just amazing. That's so good. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. You guys going to have any more kids, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just got nauseous. <laughs> yeah. No. You're just so. I love my two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just so done with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. We were talking about having a second one, but like just everything that went with the first one and it's like he's so 
perfect and amazing and great. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like why mess with a good thing? But then it's like, man, it'd be really cool for him to have a little sister. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty neat. And you know, we've already got all the stuff, and you already went through the hardest part. And I hear it's easier, you know. So we're having yeah. that. That's true. We're it's having true. that back and forth conversation. I had my baby boy, then I had a baby girl. But you know, when I was pregnant with my second, I felt kind of sad for the first one, like I'm taking something away from him. Right. But in reality, you're giving him a sibling. Right. So do, I do, vote yes on that. More okay. babies. More babies. For you. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody. Yeah. Let's just let's just reel that in I real quick. Just want to hold the babies for ten minutes. I I would love for you to to meet my boy. He's yeah. uh, man. It's like I was telling um, Sarah and I were sitting. We were having this moment, and I'm like looking at my son, and I and I just talk to him like a dude, you know. And I and he's looking in my eyes, and he's smiling, and he's laughing, and he's just in this great mood. And I was just like, dude, you are the missing piece. I was like, I have spent so much of my life walking around just feeling like I was missing this part of my heart, mm. you know. And then and and I always thought it was like some advancement in my career or it was that gig or that tour or that record deal or that job or that relationship or or overcoming this personal, you know, hurdle and I like thought that this would make it right and this would make it right and then it turned out like all along this thing that I was afraid of doing forever and said that I wouldn't do for a mm-hmm. long time. Like he came into my life and it's like, that was it the whole time. That was it. As I was waiting for this person to come into my life. Yeah. And I, and I finished telling him this and Sarah looks at him and goes, he used to say that stuff to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't imagine without him. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on and talking yeah, with likewise. me. I, I don't get to see you very much. Thanks for all the free advertising. Yeah, of course. Thank <laughs> you for supporting my band and, and things yeah. that we've done over the years. Yeah, you guys rock. Well, I really appreciate that. And and I remember I remember one time we had a conversation. It was like a little brief text exchange a few years ago. And there was something that you sent me to the effect of just like, you're one of the people that I really want to see succeed. I kind of remember that. I forgot about that. Yeah, I root for you. Yeah, I, I root for you too. Yeah. And like watching Rocket Space do as well as it has and watching the blackouts just keep fucking going. and Can't keep, kill us. <laughs> dude, you guys just keep popping your head above the surface yeah. and it's like, yep, we're doing this. We're doing these big gigs. But like we're opening for this band. We're doing this record. Like we've got, you know, this new concept project that's coming out. Like seeing just seeing you keep going and keep like like achieving success and climb the mountain with all the rest of us it's 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 amazing yeah. and you inspire me a lot and i know you inspire a lot of people and i made i'm a huge fan of yours Kate. Oh, yeah thank you yeah, yeah. likewise me you too thank yeah. you very yeah. much yeah. so thank you very much yeah. for coming on the show thanks for uh, having me of course one of the things that we do i mentioned to you on the break is every week we do this uh one for the homies shout out which is just uh our Producer in Chicago, Gene Skibbins, can look up pretty much anything mm-hmm. and throw it on the end of the episode. Sweet. Like, he can pull it off of YouTube. He can pull it off of Bandcamp, whatever. He's he's my computer guy. Yeah. So think of a band that, like, you think deserves a little bit of love, and we're going to find a track of theirs and pop it on the end of the episode. All right. Like, and it, it almost it. doesn't matter how obscure they are. Oh, they're – yeah, they're – 
They're new. They're new? Do they <laughs> yeah, have I, stuff out there? I, no, yeah, it's Reverb Nation. So I got to go family on this. Um, I got to go for the person who's listened to the most blackouts and rocket space stories and is building the cabin with me. I got to go boyfriend on this. Oh, one, cool. One of his bands, yeah. Okay, so tell, tell me about the band. Um, this band, uh, it's Matt Bischoff that used to be in The Fluid, and it's Jeff oh, Scheifer wow. who used to be in Rock Tots, and it is um, Arnie Beckman as well. Um, and then AJ Beckman. So it's the four of those guys. Cool. Yeah. So, so what's the name of the band? Cyclosonic. Cyclosonic. Can and they you... have a hyphen in there, which I don't agree with. <laughs> I was opposed to the hyphen. I warned them from the get-go. Other than that, they're pretty cool. Nobody can take a band with a hyphen seriously. <laughs> it's just it's just a bad-looking piece of, piece of punctuation, man. No. So in the show notes, if you could not have the hyphen. Not, <laughs> if you could not have the hyphen <laughs> in the show notes. There is. There's a hyphen in our name, babe. So um, what what song do you think is their best song? I like Beautiful Weed. Beautiful just, Weed? Yeah, it's got that. You know how certain songs have the groove? They got the energy. I cool. I like that one. Now, tell me, how is it? So you've pretty much a majority of your adult relationships have been with musicians, yeah. right? <laughs> Can't yeah, get away. Yeah, can't get Hey, man, if, if we've got something in common, make it work. You know, Tony or and Laura. Or tried, and those went south, too. Yeah, t- Tony Tony and Laura have been doing it for fucking ever, man. It, if it works, yeah. it works. So um, do you think, th- uh, like, do you guys work together on music? Do you guys play stuff together? Do you guys? We have done one project, which was pretty cool together, and it had Virginia in it. Oh, and, cool. And JJ, if you know JJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we may resuscitate that at some point but yeah basically he does his two bands i do mine and we already sometimes like two weeks ago had six things during a week of seven days that we had for bands practices gigs wow so it gets a little see and, that, and that's helpful because you've got the support because they and we get it there's understands. no like calling home like beth i'm sorry like we just get it yeah 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 <laughs> did you just make a beth reference i did i had, there's a girl that just started it at my job she was doing the management training because we're opening a new shop and her name is beth and most of what we play where I work is widespread panic, fish, Grateful Dead, stuff like that. This girl Beth is there, and in the middle of the lunch rush, I just put Beth on and played it as loud as I could. And she's like, I hate that song. She's like, you're staying at this store, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. She goes, good. I'm going to the other one. <laughs> Pretty I'm much everyone I've ever met that's named Beth hates that hates song. Hates that song. Mm-hmm. But, then, but then at the end of the day, she's clocking out, and she's getting ready to leave, and I just go, Beth, I see you leaving. It was great to work with you. Oh man, she. I, she I want her back. I want her back on that one. <laughs> yeah, like they they say, you know, learn a song with a woman's name in it, and like like her heart will be yours forever. But I think Beth. Not that one. Not that one. Not Beth. Um, and Brandy, you're a fine girl. I have found also, which is an amazing song. But girls named Brandy do not like it very much, at all. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on the show, Kate. Thank you so much for listening to the motherfucking podcast. We appreciate it, guys. Please do go to the Patreon. Check it out. Stay tuned for um, more updates about the new singles dropping um, and uh, what else? Oh, and the motion comic coming out. We've got a new print comic that's going to be coming out soon. Sorry about the delay on that, but there was just so many pages to do on it. Jake Fairley is working his ass off, I promise. Uh, Yeah, man. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Guido. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.
Motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zelinsky. All music except homie shoutouts and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash MF Ruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys. You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 